the global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. I am so excited today because I have my friend John Williams from the Instant Group. He is the CMO joining us today, and they have just had a massive announcement. But before we get to that, let's be humans. John, I want to know how you are, not how your business is. I want to know how you are. (laughs) I am extremely tired. I've just had a week's holiday in Cornwall with my 11 and 9-year-olds trying to teach them to surf, which required required me standing in the freezing English sea, Irish (laughs) sea, for hours at a time, trying not to get hypothermia, but it was very good fun. And the rest of the time, I tried to fit in some very good Cornish drinking. So it it was lovely. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, I recommend maybe Hawaii or Costa Rica for that. That next time is my next plan. Never again. My wetsuit was not thick enough, but still, oh, it was good. The kids enjoyed brutal. it. Brutal, but good. Yeah, you're. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of funny when we come back from vacation and we're more tired. <laughs> I'm going on one on Friday to the coast of Oregon, which is also freezing and raining, and going to do a bunch of hiking in the freezing rain. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't fault you. Is this up in the forest of Oregon? Yeah. No, on the coast. Okay. Okay. Lovely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what else? I think somebody gave me some good advice on the Pacific Northwest. They said, don't worry about the weather, just do what you want to do. Same as Cornwall. The Cornish weather forecast lies every day. The days when it's raining, it's, it's supposed to be sunny and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it's still beautiful because it's wild and there were whales there and the, the, the sea was, the, the wind was blowing a, a gale. But after two years of lockdown and pandemic, it was beautiful to blow. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, that's how you are. How's your business? So, we we are going through a very busy time. It's been some time in the planning, but I think it's fair to say during the pandemic, we recognize as much as anyone else that now is the time to grow and flex. demand for flex was going to grow too. So we were growing organically very well, as our results would indicate. But then this opportunity to really scale our business came along. And in doing so, we are very confident that we can help scale the sector and try and increase the amount of demand that's coming into the market because there's never been a marketplace for flex or indeed any workspace which is really global i mean i know there are mm-hmm. we we would pretend to be one of those currently but there's no one who's really done it at scale which is what's happened in every other sector so there's never been an aggregator that can pull in demand or shape demand so our our intention was how could we do that what what do we need to do to get there and and we we um we obviously have come up with a plan to try and deliver on that so for those who don't know what happened <laughs> So um, we were formally backed by a private equity company who had helped us grow for the last three years. Basically, we've trebled in size under them. And then we had a long conversation with Mark Dixon of IWG, who within his business had several digital assets platforms that he wanted to grow, but he recognized he couldn't grow them as IWG. They needed to be independent. They needed to provide full market choice. They needed to be global. So we started to have discussions with him around how we could do that. So as an independent business, he would invest in us. And this investment allowed us to, to acquire these assets so that we are now a standalone business with eight different websites, which we are going to grow to make up as part of the, the world's largest marketplace for flex space. So are you going to keep it eight websites or are you going to combine it into one? Uh, you're supposed to be asking me the easy questions, Liz, today. Um, 
So everything's up for grabs, and and there's a very strong likelihood we're going to buy more. Mm-hmm. And and then the process for me as CMO is how we consolidate these sites, which is the best performing, which drives the best client mm-hmm. leads, which one has the best data. But all those decisions are still up for grabs. I have a plan that I'm definitely not going to tell you on this podcast yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the giant. I'm going to call it pink elephant in the hey. room, which okay. is. You know, I've talked with a lot of operators in the, you know, final planning for Juicy Seattle, and they're all like, well, now Instant is IWG. They're going to they're gonna prioritize Regis, and if I'm going to stay on the platform, I'm going to bump up my prices. So, so tell me about that. Of course, it would be it would be natural to, to think along those lines. But I think I said in my, my opening remark that the reason why we've worked as a business is because we offer clients independent advice and we offer the market choice. We always offer the market choice. That's why they come to us and why we've retained so many of our clients and why we work with really big clients like Amazon or, or GSK, right? They, they know we'll show them the whole market. And in Mark Dixon, in investing in us, he's also recognizes that that's how Instant has grown. And that's how we'll continue to grow and he'll develop more value for his shareholders if we are a large independent marketplace. A marketplace falls down if it favors customers, if it has priority booking or anything like that. And that's been shown in every other sector from hotels to flight. We will grow if we offer the clients every market choice. So we're very excited because through the acquisition of eight different sites, we have now more content listings, more up-to-date content listings, more locations than any other site. And our clients are excited to see what that means for them. Mm -hmm. We would be the proposition would fall down if we then had all this choice, then only offered one solution. Yeah, well, I don't think it's more that you're only offering one solution, it's that you're prioritizing one solution. Again, a fair question. So we, from the way we train our staff to the way we deal with our clients, to again, the reason why the clients buy with us, if we were to favor any one client over another, the proposition would fall down. So Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be servicing our clients. We wouldn't retain the ability to to keep on billing and booking with those clients. It it wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. And more than anyone else, IWG and Mark Dixon recognize that, which is why we're a standalone separate business. And that's yeah. why we'll IPO that's why we'll IPO next year is to go even to the next degree of independence. So we are yeah. publicly owned and listed, and that will give the market more visibility, more scale, but also ensure that independence, which is what our clients want. So I you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is, you know, you've got like a nice bucket of money now. And, you know, Adam proved that a bucket of money doesn't necessarily ensure success. So how are you going to use that bucket of money to do interesting and innovative things that help the market grow? Because by the way, also, it's gotten so crowded. Like literally almost every day, I feel like there's another aggregator coming on. Well, I think that's that's two separate questions, but with the same answer, right? So I I think one thing that Adam and we work, I I couldn't call him Adam, I never met him, you did, okay? So Mr. Newman, okay, (laughs) the one thing he did well, though, was grow visibility as a flex sector, right? Rightly or wrongly, him, but he you can see from all the search demand, we were created more demand for the market. He created a brand and a dream that grew the sector, I think, for all of us. He I mean, did. and I know I know that loads of clients now know about Flex because of WeWork. But isn't initially- that sorry, I have to stop you here because you know my nomenclature thing. I gotta go back to it. I feel like <laughs> the term co-working is in Google search, co-working is far more valuable and reactive than the term flex. You're completely right, but I we'll get to this later. But when I talk about flex, I'm talking about VOs and meeting rooms all the way through to managed offices, right? Okay. So that's just different categories of flex. Got it. But co-working, exactly that. Because he it, he helped the term co-working. 
It, it totally did. But he yeah. planted the seed of thought about the way of buying real estate in a flex mm-hmm. way, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And for corporate clients, that's the journey they're on now. And we know they are. So, so to go back to my point, Adam Ewan and WeWork grew demand for the market. And that's what we intend to do. So for several of their sins, what, what they've done really, really well is grow that demand and build a dream and build a brand. And we intend to do the same thing. But at the end of the day, if we offer the full market choice, and that choice, as you say, has become so rich and so deep now, the way we're going to do that is if we eat into conventional leased office demand, which is mm-hmm. now so big and at a smaller level, I, I don't know about you in the US, but in the rest of the world, that smaller leases just aren't selling. That, that yeah. demand is flipping over to flex. If I can grow that demand for co-working and, and the rest of flex with a site, then we'll eat into conventional demand and there'll be much more on the table for all of the operators within co-working and other flex solutions. So are you guys doing that by like, do you have a massive sales force that's out calling on every corporation in the world? Or how, how do you guys reach your corporate clients? Good question. So we're well, two ways, really. One of the reasons why we've been able to buy the eight sites is because from a digital marketing point of view, Instant is super efficient and, and profitable. And we know with all these new sites that we're buying, we can roll out the various plans that we have to make them all more efficient. So easy offices, many of you guys will be familiar with, but that's a website that's pretty good, but could be really good. You know, it can have a lot more content on it. We could work the leads a lot better because I think the current team doesn't have the size to do that. We intend to make sure it's fully resourced both in the UK and the US to be able to deal with those leads and to create more demand. And yes, we have a massive list of blue chips and mid-market businesses who we can call to sell flex to. And that pipeline of those clients is building now significantly after we've got through Omicron. So fingers mm-hmm. crossed, we have kind of a pandemic-free windows for that pipeline to get bigger and bigger. But mm-hmm. my sense is that that market is building now and yeah. the confidence is coming. Yeah, it's so it's interesting too, because the other thing that we've seen is I feel like some of the software companies that have provided the software to run your business, like an office R&D or a Yardi yeah. or an Ascensus, I feel like they're starting to get into your business and I think that's interesting. It is interesting. And you are picking the fun questions today. So Sorry. But, then, <laughs> no, no. but I, I always remind everyone about digital marketing. It's not necessarily a zero-sum game, right? It's just because that there's more than enough demand to go around. We're all going to go and try and get more demand in a smart way. That will all drive more demand back to co-working and back to flex so that this, our sector wins, uh, you know, more power to them. I know what our strengths are. I know what their strengths are. But there's room to play here. It, it, it is becoming more competitive. And I think the big brokers are really now taking the proper interest in this. Mm-hmm. That's all good too. I think that will just bring more clients to the flex market. And the, our sea of opportunity is only going to get bigger now. For over a decade, Cobot has been helping co-working leaders do what matters. Best at spending more time with their community. Cobot was built to help manage the founder's own co-working space in Berlin and even attended the very first Juicy back in 2012. The white label app and extensive integrations are designed to help develop and strengthen your community. Cobot's dedicated in-house support team is excited to get you up and running or ready to grow. Get to know them by signing up for a free demo at cobot.me that's c-o-b-o-t dot m-e
And I, you know, I don't know if if you can disclose anything at this point, but I'm so keen to find out like what are some of the things that could differentiate instant from some of the other players because most of them are giving you space at, at different variables of time, but like who's going to integrate with catering, who's gonna integrate with healthcare benefits, who's gonna, you know, what else can you offer that's super intriguing to to these clients. And I don't know if there's anything you can disclose yet, but I'm I'm interested to see because you can't have hundreds of operators all doing the exact same thing without there starting to be some fun differentiation. Oh, no, totally. But then I think we've talked about this in the past, Liz, at, at both dinners and drinks, but also podcasts, right? Our sector has been very comfortable actually with niches, which is one of the first things you and I ever spoke about was mm-hmm. niches like in Amsterdam, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what our sector does so beautifully. And they're going to expand and proliferate. So I think having a scale player marketplace will allow those niches to proliferate because that's what happened in hotels. You know, the fact that you could have full internet visibility of all these different places to stay, it would make booking a hotel in Oregon when you go walking much more easy because you can choose exactly what you're going to book. Whereas back in the day, you had to book a Marriott or a Hilton because that was your kind of standards Mm -hmm. and you knew what you're going to get. But then the internet visibility um, democratized that and then you could book a beautiful B&B in a place your destinations and trust it because it has reviews and it can be verified all the way along. So I think it's a, it's a very exciting, liberating possibility for the sector. The more visibility it has, the more niche it can become, become and we'll see everyone fill into those gaps as they see demand popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So recently you guys also acquired DaVinci and Coworker. And I'm curious, um, what were the main drivers of those two acquisitions? So, um, well, basically they're cracking businesses with amazing leadership teams. They're really like, I'm, I love those guys and mm-hmm. it's been great to actually, you know, when you, you're constantly looking over the fence at someone the whole time, wondering what they're like and then you actually mm-hmm. get to meet them and hang out with them. It's, it's mm-hmm. very cool. So they're both market leaders in their field, right? So DaVinci, those guys around meeting rooms and virtual offices, they, they have created brilliant websites with a great customer journey. They have an excellent team actually on the ground um, in Salt Lake City. So we've been trying to buy category leaders in each field. So for meeting rooms and VOs, we know it's those guys. For Sam Marks and Madison, a coworker, they've got a beautiful platform, which they were, they, they've done an incredible job on, but they were, again, slightly struggling to scale. So mm-hmm. having having a, um, a a partner to come along with and work with them to increase that is a real opportunity, right? And they have a brilliant long tail of content on their on their site from a location and oh. a whatever you use it. I mean, how long have they been around? Well, it's, it's only what five six years, not long. Really? So, um, but they probably they would say themselves they reached a ceiling of how far they could grow without being part of a bigger hole, and so now. With that, we have that full retinue of flex from meter rooms to VOs to serviced offices to co-working. We can provide our clients with the market-leading choice in each single area. But the amount of data that spits out means over a 20-year basis, we have more demand, supply, pricing, and deal information than anyone else, Mm -hmm. which gives our end-user clients the best visibility. And our intention is very quickly to be able to turn this around so we can start giving that data back to operators. So it's much easier for them to get a whole market view and to understand more of the dynamics of their markets and how it can help them shape their offer and help shape the way they they deal with their customer base. So um, I think you have a really unique view into the data. So I'd love to see, like, what are you guys seeing around the world right now? How is how are things coming back? <laughs> so look, it's it's been a it's been a journey, hasn't it? And mm. I would say now it's definitely it's definitely back, even in Asia Pac, which is the laggard here because it had such a tough time with lockdowns. Yeah. 
we're starting to see some of the best Asia Pac performance over the last. Oh, that's months, good like, to hear. Demand. But I would say the US demand and UK demand has been flying the last few months. Like it feels really exciting. I don't know. I got about being on the ground in your markets, but over here, everyone is talking about flex all the time. You know that, and, and I think very encouragingly, actually not trying to bring it back to us but when we announced our initial deal and the intention to float and what we're going to do the reception from the press was really exciting Mm -hmm. so wall street journal covered it they all covered it they all wanted to write about flex and the changing face of real estate and they want to write about how client demand is moving towards more co-working or universal licenses that was really encouraging because that for me means the change is here to stay right the press Mm -hmm. see it as being now part of the sector and, and and the growing, exciting part of the sector. So we, we had more access into the Financial Times and The Economist than we ever have done before with our research because mm-hmm. they really want to write about it. So that's got to be a good indicator. Well, it's, it's funny. I was talking to another CEO yesterday and we were... Actually, I've, I've had this conversation multiple times recently about how you know, we still don't have a good count. Nobody can for sure say, this is how many spaces there are in Japan. This is how many spaces there are in Hong Kong. This is like, it's like there's all these different resources, but still no one has solved that. Is that something you guys will solve for us? Yeah, I, I would, we're definitely going to solve it. That, that's not the issue. I, I suppose the view is now, what do we see, right? So there's some pretty wonky numbers out there about what's what the total amount of, of co-working and flex space. It's all over the place. To. It's all over the place. So I've seen this number of 75,000 plus being bandied around. It's nowhere near. It, it's 75,000 if you count different floors of the same building as being different flex spaces. Uh. What we recognize as a real number from all the due diligence we've done, which we've done a lot of over the last year, is near 55,000 individual centers. Mm-hmm. We we think the issue we have, which is cool, is just how fast it's growing. Trying right, to tabs in it is is it's well growth. growing and closing, right? Because like that's the problem with Japan is they do these very short leases. So one opens, one closes. One opens, one closes. So it's really difficult to keep track because there isn't a repository of the data that everybody uses. Well, that, that's it. So you know, hopefully we can fill a large part of that gap because if we if we do what um, coworker do so well, which is they get operators, you know volunteering information, updating a lot of information regularly, and then the visibility improves for the end user client and it becomes easier to buy mm-hmm. flex. So the, the better the data is from a content and listings point of view, the better the user experience is. And, and as a sector, I think it's fair to say collectively, we haven't been great at that because we haven't needed to. But as the market becomes more competitive, keeping all that content listing information up to date is going to be critical. Yeah, I think what's, what's going to be interesting, I was talking to another aggregator that's pretty new and they were like, yeah, we've got industrial we've got blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, that's so interesting. I said, did Industrious add themselves to the platform or did you? (laughs) There was a long pause. So I think that, you know, the other thing that I think would be really nice to see is a platform where everybody that was on it opted into it and wasn't scraped into it. Oh, well, no, we don't scrape any of our content. So everyone on our site is opted in. That's awesome. But but one thing I would say about that, though, is, you know, you you can set up a site and say you represent all of co-working, but you'd maybe include industrious and we work and everything. But those big guys are still a tiny proportion of the market. We've always talked about this. Yeah. They're, they're, less, they're less than 30% of the and total global market. And getting smaller. So there, there was supposed to be a mass consolidation. Instead, there are more indies than ever before. Mm-hmm. And it's just growing and growing, particularly because people are flipping the use of buildings in, in, mm-hmm. in different ways. And so we're proud of the fact that we can show off the long tail because that's how clients are starting to buy. 
you know, I keep on saying this to, to clients. First or second time they bought Workspace, they were pretty binary in their choices. I won't mention names, but they had one or two names in their head mm-hmm. who they were going to buy from. Yeah. Second or third time they buy Flex. They're like, okay, now show me the whole market. Like, what can I go here? Can right. I go there? What can I buy? Because so I changed. would... I would submit that the bigger players probably can't solve for the main problem they're having, which is retention. And in order to get retention, people need to feel community. They need to feel like they're part of a culture. And the bigger ones aren't necessarily going to give you that. You might feel part of a cult, but probably not a culture. So, you know, I think that I think that once they discover the smaller players, people will naturally opt into that because that's where they will feel more belonging. Yeah, but you, you got completely. But then there's, there's a place for all these different things within the sector. Of course. But, you know, without being to go back to it, but you know, thinking of hotels again, there's a time when you buy the Hilton because you go to Anaheim and you want to be by Disneyland and that's the nearest place. <laughs> and, and, and that's what you do, right? But there's times yeah. when you go abroad and to like Ibiza or something and you want a beautiful, independent, bespoke right. experience. And it's corporates are finding that now too. And that's that's why they love the experience is the choice yep. and the diversity yep. and, and trying to connect people to that, but doing it in a trusted, verified way. So if we if we can become big enough so that the platform is trusted, it's then a source of advocacy for buyers that they understand what they're buying and they'll trust us to recommend the right space. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an important part of the journey, which again, our sector hasn't really ever had before. Yeah. Yeah. Now, more importantly, um, when you weren't surfing and the boys were asleep, were you watching We Crashed? <laughs> I, shamefacedly, I have not watched this yet, but I'm a massive Anne Hathaway fan, so I'm, I will totally watch this. Well, How is she's, it? she's the producer, so a lot of it feels more like the Rebecca Newman story. So she puts herself in front of the camera a lot. So I felt like it was a little, it's very Rebecca heavy, and I'm not sure she's as instrumental as they make her out to be? Well, look, I, I think we talk about, you and I talk about WeWork a lot, and, and the sector does as well. There's always that thing whereby if people are talking about you doing something right, you know, they, and they're, as a business, they're going through a huge journey themselves, aren't they, too? So mm-hmm. let's see let's see with a Netflix film and these other bits and pieces coming out, what it does to demand for the sector. So I, I would argue each time there's one of these things, it just nudges on demand. Yeah, and I was going to help. I was at a barbecue this past weekend and somebody asked me about like my what I did. And I mentioned co-working. She immediately was like, I've been watching We Crashed. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, here we go. <laughs> which, which, which is making it increasingly easy to describe what it is that we do. Right. Because I've right. always struggled. I was saying to someone the other day that you know, when I said I work at a workspace company, I'm the last person you want to sit next to at a dinner party. I can see people moving away from me, like shuffling in the seats. But now because everyone's talking about the office and wow, are people returning to the office? Are people yeah. really buying space? That, that conversation's really changed. So people are much more engaged with what the office represents to them. And for me, I think the biggest departure is, and, and this is something I'm really passionate about, is the co-working spaces and flex spaces around us and here in London are full, really full. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're 85% plus full compared to 20% of the conventional space. And, and why? Because the people who are going to these co-working offices, they're now flipping things. They don't think about the working days. They're thinking about how does being in this space make my lifestyle better, Yeah. right? If I'm in a space in London today, I'm going to have a great experience, great coffee. I'm going to go out in town afterwards, and it's going to make my day better. It's not part of your work routine that you think nine to five. You're thinking, I'm going to go to a space that improves things because everything now is a lifestyle choice. It's not about your working day. And 
those of us within the sector were kind of there before pandemic. And I think the rest of the world is catching up. And it, that's what's really exciting for us is when corporate clients become comfortable with that and they're just going to empower their employees to make that choice. It's yep. game on, isn't it? It's for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started out, I, I don't remember if it was in the mega trends from last year or where, but I'm like, the thing that has changed is people have choice. They have choice. And they have choice to make their life, their, their day better during every day, not just at the weekends. Mm-hmm. They no longer have to be in the off- an office. They can mm-hmm. choose to be in an office and, yeah. and it can be in a location they want to go to. I love it. I love it. And that is a perfect little punctuation to the end of our conversation. John, I always love bantering with you. It's always a good time. <laughs> and I'm super looking forward to seeing Instant up on stage at GC in Seattle next month. I can't wait. I mean, I, I think I've said to you before, I went to GC UK before Christmas and we had such a good time. It was mm-hmm. it was amazing to be in the room. And what I loved about it was I did a, a Q&A session on the stage and it really turned into a conversation between the audience and the guys on the, on the stage. And it wasn't that mm-hmm. kind of distance. Mm-hmm. And you don't, really get, you don't really get that at other events. We had a great time and I'm sure Seattle will be the same. It's going to be epic as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another Juicy Podcast. We've got more great ones on the way. In the meantime, make sure you join us in Seattle for our next edition of Juicy. You can grab your ticket at na.gcuc.co. We've lined up amazing speakers, all the right people in the room, and you should be there too. So pick up your ticket today before they sell out.